Hello, ghouls. Welcome to Brave the Basement. I'm your host, the ghoul that rules. I'm your co-host, Black One Jack 2. If you enjoy getting a little scared, ghost stories, haunted houses, a believer in the supernatural, or maybe even a skeptic wanting to look at things from a different perspective, then this is the show for you. So, this is episode number 18. So we are just inching closer and closer away to our 20th episode where we are planning a big celebration and we've got a couple surprises and announcements on that 20th episode you do not want to miss. But what are we going to be talking about today on today's episode since we're now here? Voodoo dolls. Voodoo dolls. This one came back uh, a couple weeks ago when you said, I'd love to do an episode on voodoo dolls. So here we are. So I came across a couple articles and I found this rather interesting uh, this is off LearnReligions.com, and the title of the article is, Are Voodoo Dolls Real? The idea of voodoo dolls sparked fear and conjures up images of violent and bloodthirsty revenge in popular films, books, and oral histories in North America. These stories report that voodoo dolls are made by Caribbean cult members who bear a grudge against an enemy. The maker thrusts pins into the doll, and the target is cursed with misfortune, pain, and even death. Is there really anything to them? Are voodoo dolls real? Voodoo, more properly spelled V-O-D-O-U, is a real religion, not a cult, practiced in Haiti and other places in the Caribbean. Voodoo practitioners do make dolls, but they use them for completely different purposes than revenge. Voodoo dolls are used to help people with healing and as a way to communicate with the deceased loved ones. The idea of effigy dolls as a channel for evil forces unleashed in a ritual is a myth that comes not from the Caribbean, but from the very heart of Western civilization, the ancient Middle East. So according to this article... Uh, they all state that something we already knew that the voodoo dolls are real, but what you see in the movies is not what these voodoo dolls are being used for. That they're used for different things, such as you know talking to deceased loved ones or to comfort you. What do you think, Blackjack? If you think about it, they're still creepy in both ways. They're still creepy in both ways, but what's interesting is I, I found another article. And this one is from fun107.com. The true story of three deaths caused by a voodoo cursed in Westport. So the one article claims that, you know, what we see in the movies is it, is it what they're really used for. But according to this story, some people do use it for that reason, to hurt somebody and to kill somebody. So I'm going to go into this story. The first thing you need to know is that this is a true story. It's a story about voodoo. A story about three deaths that may have been caused by a curse. A story about a mysterious fish doll, black magic, and the havoc it wreaked on a South Coast family. And once again, it's all true. I first came across this tale when I was working on my book, Haunted Objects, Stories of Ghosts on Your Shelf, which I co-authored with my friend Christopher Balzano. Another longtime friend, 
John Brightman of New England Paranormal Research, answered my call for stories of haunted or cursed items with a story that might be unbelievable to most. But to someone who understands the dark and mysterious nature of superstition on the South Coast, stories of the fantastic are not so uncommon. John was requested to come help a woman in Westport. We'll call her Amanda, and we'll change all the other names too. With paranormal activity that had been ongoing in her home, which had been where she grew up with her mother, sister, and brother. All three had recently passed away, and the home had been plagued with phenomena such as objects moving on their own and doors that would open and slam shut. Amanda saw a mist come up from the basement door, and her young granddaughter said she saw her dead great-uncle Roger near the staircase. The home had previously belonged to Amanda's mother, Esther, who had lived into her 90s despite failing health. Also living with her in the home had been Amanda's brother, Roger, who was in his 60s but was also quite ill himself. He had shouldered the burden of caring for Esther, even though the youngest sister, Vivian, was also living there but refused to help with Esther's care. Roger was out of the house one day, and Vivian saw her chance. She told her mother about how her brother wasn't going to get any better, and that he may try to put her in a nursing home to rot and die. Vivian swore to Esther that if she signed the house and everything else over to just her, she would see that Roger couldn't remove her from her beloved home and she could die there with dignity. She signed everything over to Vivian, including power of attorney. Well, Roger was furious when he found out. After all, he was the one sacrificing his time and apparently his own health to care for his mother. And on top of that, Vivian lied. Once Esther signed everything over to her, she put her mother in a nursing home anyway and told Roger he had to get out of what was now her house. Esther died shortly thereafter, with no cause of death ever determined, according to medical records. Two months later, Vivian suffered a ruptured spleen and died unexpectedly. Roger gave in to his own health problems a few months after that, and within a span of eight months, all three had died. Amanda inherited the house and everything in it. She wanted to sell it and be rid of the reminder of all her family drama that she had to watch from the sidelines. It was while she was cleaning out the house that she was discovered that she discovered the altar. There was a small desk in Roger's room with three or four candles placed across its surface. In the center was a strange box. Before he took ill, Roger was a successful commercial fisherman, and Amanda thought it might have been something he came across in his travels for work. The box is about eight inches long and four inches wide and almost looked like a jewelry box. Inside was a stuffed toy that appeared to resemble a fish, even though it was old and freighted. Tacked to it were three photographs, two of which were of people she instantly recognized, her sister, Vivian, and her mother, Esther. Little stick pins had been inserted into the doll in various positions, making it resemble a voodoo doll. There was also a photo of a man she did not recognize. Also in the box were extra pins, some dried herb that she thinks might have been sage, and mysterious oils and ointments with no labels. 
It looked like many of the items were quite old, and perhaps this was something Roger had been practicing for many years. Although Amanda had no way of knowing, Roger's work as a commercial fisherman brought him into contact with people of various cultures from around the world. Selling out of New Bedford, he worked alongside many seamen from Portugal and Brazil. In Brazilian culture, there is a form of black magic known as macumba. It is possible that Roger learned this version of Brazilian voodoo from one of his fellow fishermen. Macumba rituals are often used to seek revenge on family members who have done harm, and rituals often involving utilizing a photograph of the person you want to inflict the dark magic upon. For that reason, many superstitious Brazilians will not allow a photograph of themselves to be given to someone they don't know. So it's no surprise that after she discovered the altar, Amanda's house was plagued with paranormal activity. Amanda hired a medium to come in and possibly help any restless spirits move on from the house and help remove any bad vibes brought about her by her brother practicing voodoo in the house. The medium explained that the pins that were stuck into the fish doll were arranged in a way that would inflict pain on the intended target. Without knowing about Vivian or how she died, she pointed out that one of the pins apparently to be placed in what would represent the spleen. A shiver went down Amanda's spine. The medium also told Amanda that if they took the box with the doll from the altar and buried it in the yard, then the hauntings would stop. It didn't take, which is why she later brought in John and his paranormal group. They came in and investigated for over nine hours but captured no sign of paranormal activity themselves. They even dug up the box and the doll in the hopes that bringing it back into the house would lead to activity, but nothing happened. John believes it's because the haunting was only meant for the family. The mystery also remained as to who the man was in the third photograph stuck to the stuffed fish doll. Speculation that it could have been a partner in the fishing business that wronged Roger in some way. That might even explain why the doll was in the shape of a fish. When the box was removed from the property, John took it into his own possession before eventually turning it over to legendary paranormal researcher, Haunter Collector, starred John Zaphis. All the strange activity reached an abrupt end, a sense of peace that had been missing from the home for many decades once again filled its rooms. The curse apparently lifted. I'm going to say something. Those Brazilian guys, they smart, man. They're pretty smart. So what I just caught uh, when reading this was in the first article that I read, it kind of explained to us what voodoo dolls are and how they're religious and how they didn't believe in, uh, you know, what we see in the movies. And they were saying that uh, this voodoo was coming from Haiti and the Caribbeans, uh, where this talked about a different type of voodoo a brazilian style voodoo so i'm almost wondering if the voodoo that we know from the movies a lot of people think of like new orleans voodoo Mm -hmm. uh, isn't necessarily the uh stick pin voodoo dolls but this is more of a brazilian thing and it said that most brazilians won't even let you take a picture of them that's what i was saying they're pretty smart dudes so you you think they're already ahead of the game then right yeah like, nah, you're not going to take a picture of me and stick me with a pen. So here's the question, Blackjack. After after hearing both articles, what are your thoughts on voodoo dolls being real? I mean, 
I, I personally think they're real. I mean, they all do the same thing. I mean, they all have, no matter what they're used for good or evil, but they're still doing the same thing. So you're saying uh, you believe this story that I just read? Yeah. And supposedly, you know, this comes from a, um, a really acclaimed paranormal investigator. And so obviously he, th- he thought that there was something to it. And the and they couldn't get anything to happen when he was there investigating because he believes that the the paranormal activity was just meant for the family, which um, from you know the few things that we would know about voodoo would make sense because if it was like a voodoo curse on the family, it wouldn't affect anyone else. Mm-hmm. So we're stuck with can a ghost. Does a ghost have to follow a curse as well? So, are, so if if you're being cursed, and the the curse is somehow, if you think about if you think about this, it's like a poltergeist. If I know poltergeist, they usually haunt the same people. Well, yeah, because a poltergeist typically, um, a, the belief of poltergeist is that they're not an actual spirit, but they're negative energy that is somehow. Uh, brought in by the family itself. The the family creates the negative energy that creates the poltergeist. And that's why a poltergeist can hurt you because it's not really a spirit. Or maybe when ghosts... Because ghosts don't like... Do, do ghosts go place to place? That That's a question. Not typically, no. Usually they haunt an area. Correct. So, it, it would be like the voodoo dolls. It, they They gotta be assigned... Because they can't go up to anyone. Someone has to assign it. So is is the power in the doll itself or is it in the dark magic of the voodoo? It's in the dark magic of the voodoo. And so the, this, and, and I'm like I said, I'm back to this paranormal activity that these uh, researchers weren't, weren't able to, to get anything to happen even after bringing the voodoo doll back in. Because it wasn't for them. Right. W- no one set the curse for them. And that's what's interesting. So... Do the ghosts, can the ghost be cursed as well to be forced into doing something that the spirit doesn't want to do? I am not sure on that. It's a a very interesting topic. That's a a question for our comments. Yeah, so I've never met anyone that I know of who uh, practices voodoo. Um, like I said, my only knowledge of voodoo has always been what you've seen in the TV shows yeah, and in the movies. The Southern. Yeah. And then America. in the Godsmack song, voodoo, uh, which is a great song, but so that, that leaves us with the question. So the questions are, are the voodoo dolls real? Cause like I said, I, I agree and disagree with that first article. You want me to get a fish and take a picture of you and find out a picture of a fish? No, I said, I want me to get a fish and take a picture of you. Want, want, want to find out? The It wasn't a fish fish. It was a doll in the shape of a fish. I know. That's the point. So why would you get a fish? Because apparently fish work. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, will, I will get a fish. Okay. A fish doll. And I'll a take fish a, doll. Okay. Yeah. So first you said he's going to get a fish. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> okay. Then I'm going to take a picture of you. And then we can find out. If this works. Oh, so you're just going to get a picture of me on a fish doll and start 
punching it and smacking it with baseball bats and stick pinning it, huh? Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, we're not doing that. You probably got to do some voodoo magic first. I, I, I doubt you just put the picture on there and it starts working. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you need to know what you're doing. Oh, hey, what, we'll hey what, if, what if you did it since you didn't know what you were doing and, and you started sticking it and hurting yourself? <laughs> stop. <laughs> then you would stop. But what if you're like, I'm going to whack it really good. My luck, it's like someone across the world, I'm whacking it, and they're like getting killed or something. But anyway, so back back to the questions on this. Um, are voodoo dolls real? Yes. Well, we know the, we know the dolls themselves are real because... I mean, they're they're all over the place, but do they really have some sort of magic power, or is there something behind them? Something uh, has to be behind them. Do people really use them to torture other people? Can be. And in the story, in the story that I just read, can a curse somehow control a ghost or a spirit? Well, that would get to the topic if if I could tell a ghost to haunt something or someone. But that would take some sort of black magic. That would take a lot of a lot of magic. That would probably like require some sacrifice or something. But either way, uh, Blackjack, I am not willing to find out for myself. So, just a quick reminder, we're only a couple weeks away from that 20th episode where we're going to have a big celebration, bunch of announcements coming. You do not want to miss that episode. Do not want to miss, folks. If you'd like to become a Brave the Basement ghoul, be sure to share this show on social media. Go to bravethebasement.weebly.com and sign up for our newsletter to get all the latest news and updates when each episode has been posted. If you have a ghost story you would like to share with us, you can reach us at bravethebasement at gmail.com. Your story can make it on the show and be featured on the website. You can also submit your story on the Reddit, on Reddit, under the subreddit, Brave the Basement, or in the YouTube comment section. I'm still thinking about Blackjack beating up a fish. <laughs> if you have an eerie ghost photo you would like to share, please email us and include a description and your photo could be added to our photo gallery. I literally wasn't going to beat up a fish. I was hoping not. <laughs> well, actually, I, d- I did go fishing with Blackjack and I watched him scramble down a hill, clawing on to to weeds and everything else, trying to get to a fish that had flopped out of his hand and landed on a bank at a, the worst spot ever. He's like, I got to save this fish. And I somehow say, I have a, I have a lot of fishing stories, okay, where this there was a, we were on this big tube cylinder thing, and the fish went into this brush pile. And I literally ran, like, had to get down into this brush pile and throw the fish back into the water. So we're telling fish stories in the middle of our of, of, of our, our exit. Our exit. All right. So and that brings us to the end. So no more fish stories. Maybe next time. We hope that we brought you just a little fright. And remember when you were up late at night and you hear something in the other room that just doesn't seem right. It's okay if you need to turn on the light to protect yourself from things that go bump in the night. I'm your host, the Ghoul That Rules. I'm your co-host, Black One Jack Two, who don't beat fish. And I hope you join us again. Until next time.